0: podcast where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries procedures or medication We want to give you hope that this is all possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment we also wanted to make sure that you stay tuned to the end of this podcast for a very special offer if you live in the dallas fort worth area without further ado i bring to you this week's edition Hey, this is Stephanie, the host of this podcast, and today I am so excited to introduce you guys to Velada. She is a personal trainer, and I can't wait for you to hear her story as well as some of the things that she does. That I think there's a lot of people out there that don't even realize that could even, you know, be helped um, with women and women's health. So I'm really excited um, for you guys to hear her story. So welcome. Woo! <laughs> Dance party break. Dance party break. Yeah. Exactly. So, so great for you because, I mean, that's what, that's what you came here and you started doing was dancing. So if you could see her, she's dancing right now.
1: It's going to be hard to sit still. Yeah. But.
0: So tell me a little bit about your background, what led you into becoming a personal trainer and doing some of
1: these group fit fitness classes. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so, a little bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in Eagle, Latvia, Eastern Europe. I speak Russian. Back in the day, it was all Russia. So, I grew up in a family of definitely movers and groovers. My mom is a world-renowned gymnastics uh, coach. She's also a choreographer. My dad on the other side was, and is, a a ballerina or ballet dancer. He's also the director of all of our ballet shows at the opera, at the main opera in Riga. So, it's just kind of, it's embedded. (laughs) They didn't really push me in either direction. Actually, they tried to get me to do ballet, but wow, I'm, the patience from the, you know, the time that you're a tiny little being, having to do that is incredible. And I just had way too much energy and I I couldn't do it. But, little by little, I came, you know, into the dance world and that's something that I fell in love with. Just dance in general, but specifically (laughs) hip-hop. So here I am from Russia, basically. (laughs) Hip-hop is my thing. Um, And that's not until my mom and I, we came to America in, in 94. My parents are separated, so me and my mom moved here. And she helped open World Olympic Gymnastics Academy. For any listeners that have their kids in gymnastics, you guys probably know... Volga. so So yeah, so she was one of the establishing founders, and that's why we came here, um, back when it was only one location, Custom Parker. But anyways, next to it was a dance studio, and I used to creep in and look in the window, and I used to just stick my face against the glass just staring at, you know, um, kids dancing, and I said, Mom, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. Unfortunately, we didn't have the money, um, to do that. In Russia, you can get by, you know, you can sometimes work deals and kids are taking (laughs) things for free, you know. Classes here wasn't like that. So, luckily, the wonderful, wonderful owner of the studio, she had daughters as well and they needed tumbling. So, my mom worked out a deal that I got to take classes for free and uh, the owner's daughters took classes from my mom for tumbling. So, these were my first steps into... uh, taking classes consistently, and I just breathed, lived it, and I finally found a studio that was mainly hip-hop and competitions, and I was like, this is my thing. (laughs) Um, Luckily, I also grew up in that gymnastics environment, so I kind of, you know, I learned how to tumble by myself. Um, I didn't do any other sports. I wasn't, you know, a professional soccer player at any point, or like didn't do basketball. Not really good at those things. But um, I was very ambitious and good at looking at something and picking it up and, you know, using my body, figuring out how to do it. So I joined another studio. This is later my teens. And there I kind of got to really elevate my skills and become better and better um, and really grow in that. I pretty much... At the age of, you know, early 20s, I thought I maximized what the Dallas area had for me. You know, I was doing shows competing. I was working with local artists, kind of doing their videos and showcases, um, as well as I was part of the Arena Football League uh, dancers for the Cowboys at that time and teaching classes, and then it just wasn't enough. Until I went to Los Angeles and decided, hey, I'm just going to audition for Jan Jackson. No big deal. <laughs> From zero to 100. I mean, <laughs> jumped on a plane. Um, I really haven't been outside of Texas. It was just determination. Like, I have a chance. It's yeah. just that belief. If you think you can do it, if you if you really believe you can do it... It's going to happen. You do it. Yeah. But you can always underestimate yourself or you can always kind of, um, I guess, break your own beliefs when you start looking at the bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. I just thought, I have a chance. <laughs> I'm awesome, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I jumped on a plane. Don't know if I slept for 24 hours, but arrived at this place. Actually, I hitched a ride from the airport with a nice family who I had no idea. Um... My ride didn't come, so I said, can you please give me a ride to such and such location? Luckily, it was a lady and a mom, um, yeah, and her mother. So I arrived at this location. It was called, uh, gosh, I want to say it's Alley Cat, which is in Los Angeles, one of the dance studios. I might be wrong, but either way, um, lined for days. You just see people. It must be at least 200 people, guys, girls lined up. And this is my first experiences. This is my, like, I'm looking at the line going, well, first of all, where do I even stand? I will never get in. You need a resume, a headshot, and luckily I got to kind of, I had headshots, you know. (laughs) Um, I don't remember what resume I put together, but (laughs) whatever it was. Um, But this line is overwhelming. That just could be a whole defeated factor in itself. But I think I mingled myself in within the first 50 people. Um, I remember, yeah, it was super challenging. The choreography was intense, and it's packed. The entire room is packed. So, you, And I'm 5'2", I'm about like 110 pounds. And you've got to really finagle your way in to see it, and then you... you, you, gotta you gotta make it, people see you. That, that, yes, but first, you have to memorize what they're teaching. Yeah. And they're always shifting lines, and then it's so intricate that you miss one A count. You're pretty you're much. Done. You're see you later. So, um, needless to say, I did get cut, but I walked away. Um, I saw the Hollywood sign, and I was like, "This is where I want to be. This is where I need to be." I finished my degree um, in Texas, and I told my mom, "I'm jumping on a plane." And actually, I didn't jump on a plane. I'm gonna drive to California, and I'll figure it out. So I did that. <laughs> Um, I've never sat in my car, by the way, for more than an hour and a half. And I drove 11 hours there, paused, (laughs) and 11 hours again. (laughs) So, it was just my determination again, at that point of my life, in my 20s, it was all about, like, self-fulfillment. Being ambitious about what I wanted, like, learning the things that I, you know, it's like looking at a tunnel. That's what you want, that's what you're going to get. And till this day I think that's what it takes no matter what profession you're in you have to want it believe it and continue to strive for it absolutely I mean
0: that's true for anything in life I mean whether it's a health issue or it's um a job or it's um something personal it doesn't matter like what what it is like you have to just persevere and figure it out and you're going to have times where you're going to fail and you're going to fall down, but you just learn from it and you pick yourself up and you keep
1: on going. And it's definitely, to be a dancer in Los Angeles, it's a cutthroat industry. And I'm so lucky that I did it when I did it. Now there's cameras in your face 24-7. The competition went up in insanity level. If you guys watch World of Dance, you know you're looking at these kids and you're going, holy crap. Like. The level of their dance and their skills is insane. So, um, and I think from early beginning of my life, I just kind of I was raised to learn quickly and adapt quickly and learn how to pick myself back up. Because if you don't have that type of keep going mentality, you're going to be defeated right away. Absolutely. And you're step out with everything in life. <laughs> so, and. That's where the that's where my professional career actually started. I was signed with an agency. Um, I was lucky to start kind of really making money and getting jobs right away. I was doing live shows, whether it was it was in Vegas or doing, you know, um, commercials and music videos. I remember one of the, the first music videos I shot was for Eminem, "Just Lose It," and people don't know some of the behind scenes, what happens, like, I actually auditioned for it, I had to dance, I had to, I believe I had to learn some choreography, too, and do you see me in it? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, you might see a foot, that's fine, but sometimes you work so, so hard, and endless auditions, and you can be, like, the last person, and it just doesn't work out, or the video, there's like three seconds of you glimpse in it, and you might have worked on it for two days, you know, shooting it. So anyways, that was my really exciting experience with, you know, in that specific video, but um, I was featured in Bernie Spears' Beasts of Me. Um, Actually, I did a fun one with um, Al Yankovic, Weird Al. (laughs) I impersonated Lady Gaga, and he renamed the video. I'm the entire body, but he... His face is my face. So they put his face on me, but the body and everything, I do... All the dancing. I do all the dancing and whatever else. I wear the meat. It was raw meat. I wear, like, every outrageous costume you can think of. That. It was fun. It was a ton of fun. Um, I was able to actually even tour with Ricky Martin. With uh, The tour was called Blanco y Negro Tour, black and white. I worked with him for several years, off and on. That was extremely awesome. But... I enjoyed that. That was a piece of my 20s that was all about me and that self-fulfillment, like I said. Until I came to a little pause in the road. I got injured. Um, I was training with a professional personal trainer. She was very known in the community, Amanda Blanks or Mandy Blanks. We used to kind of do some gigs together. Unfortunately, she passed away uh, several years ago. Beautiful, beautiful girl um so that's my first taste in fitness she was training me and I was getting stronger she wanted to use me for some of her videos that she was going to shoot and I didn't know how to recover I didn't know how to recover so I knew my dance portion and what I need to do to stay in the shape you know to continue my dance skills but the personal training and strength training was a whole different side. So I was doing a show, and during that show, I just kind of jumped into a split, and I was doing some freestyle. And after that split, my life was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel anything that day, but the next following night, the pain was everywhere. It was in my glute. The inflammation was radiating from the glute all the way to the hamstring, to the inner growing. And i have taken two MRIs, and it was Almost two years of different physical therapists, specialists, chiropractors—you name it. I was looking for you <laughs> to help yeah. me. Gadgets, things that were used—you know. Oh my gosh, I, I learned all these different techniques and tools that were using even to just kind of increase healing. And yeah, gosh, uh, it's it's crazy the things that are out there. But unfortunately, nothing was specific. Nothing, nobody said, here's the problem, here's how we're going to fix it. Um, The only thing that MRI shows kind of partial tears, and it was basically an unknown area, we can't help you. Well, being a professional dancer, how I make my money, how I make my living is by movement. I'm booking these jobs, I have to use my entire body. So, going to auditions, being in extreme pain, um, my skill and my quality of dance definitely declined. Mm -hmm. And it was defeating because I couldn't even use my body. So little by little, um, you know, I'm seeking out therapies. Nothing's really working. So I'm kind of slowing down in my dance career and really starting to focus on my health. Ironically, it wasn't just the physical factor. There's more layers that came with that. It's like, oh, then there's a leaky gut issue. Let's go ahead and treat that. And thank God I was able to find a a holistic doctor, a professional for that area, because that's another tricky situation. Oh yeah, that that
0: that is, and, and the hip, literally, like when you know what you go through, we see we see stuff like that all the time. Like they've tried everything, and and when you do imaging on that particular part of the body. Usually you don't find anything. You'll sometimes you can find label tears, but but it may not be the label tear. Usually is not the not the problem. But you also find like what you see like inflammation around the tendon and and like little micro, micro tears. But that's it. Like that's all. And that's why you can't find doctors that know what to do. Or and, and it's like why you went through so many so many different things trying to trying to figure out what
1: to do. It's so common. That's that's unfortunate. Um, because that takes a lot of resiliency from people and a lot of time, years, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Some people have, you know, very difficult cases. So but that goes into
0: also, like, you have this idea of, like, mm. this is where I need to be, and I'm going to figure yes. out a way to get there. Yes. And that's why you do what you do. That's why you got into personal training, and that's why you're figuring it out. But there's a lot of people out there that aren't like that. But then that's when, you know, you're, like, very similar to me, but that's when you take your history and all of your knowledge so that you can help
1: those that that can't do that because that's just not the way they're made up exactly and if you're not don't have that type of mentality we're here for you exactly exactly um and yeah and it it took that type of direction me coming out of the dance world to kind of transition to fitness health first kind of taking care of myself being a little bit of a test case (laughs) i guess in different directions how to heal myself how to internally also do a lot of healing thanks to my 20s and living on tequila that did help <laughs> um so but i i can say i've been there <laughs> and um i can feel some of the struggles that others also have but finally coming out of that phase is where i finally got range of motion in my leg and i was able to get some healing happening i won't go into the deep intricacy of that, we just say, yay, hooray, I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, I'm back. I never stopped moving. I just kind of transitioned to to different things. Like, I, I started doing, when I felt better, I started doing more aerial. Aerial work, like with the silk. Um it kind of actually helped break up my scar tissue a little bit. um, Because there's also flexibility, which I probably did not need. I needed more stability, (laughs) but it worked for me. Let's just say this. And then pull, I love doing pull because it was conditioning, vertical conditioning and horizontal as well. But I didn't give up on my body. I was just looking for new ways and how to improve it, how to get better and seek out, you know, that healing. So from that point on, Um, actually, I got a chance to start taking classes. This was bar-related classes. I didn't take those before. (laughs) So this was, like, unique and new. And I fell in love with it. And it just made more sense, like, this is the education that I want to be in. I want to help people figure out how to use their bodies, what to engage, how to feel better. Um, And I didn't want the dance portion like that anymore, as, as much I should say. The auditions that I tried to go on t- into and, you know, audition for whatever's going on, I just didn't want it that bad. I didn't want to battle other people for <laughs> that spot anymore. I just saw a bigger priority. Health being a bigger priority. So that's my kind of first steps into teaching group fitness classes the music of course because bars musically driven class that felt home I could understand it well I can definitely cue it well and then I learned more and more about the body had a great education you know as far as that that bar program went but then I expanded that because that wasn't enough personal training was kinda my next step and then broadening more in group fitness like Pilates yoga I wanted to know how to move and different formats, um, or modalities, I guess, uh, different ways in how to teach people, you know? Um, so strength training, of course, you know, you got your metabolic conditioning, all sorts of things. So I've got different certifications and all, all sorts <laughs> of specialties. And that was kind of how I really transitioned out of dance into fitness. My injury brought me there. Yeah. But I, I found it home because I found now giving back and helping others was where gave you purpose it and was very and was exactly. very rewarding and that's what I love you know I love
0: hearing people's stories because it, it you know even though dance was like your passion and your purpose but because you had these incidences it completely switched your life into how you wanted to take your, your past experiences and really help others and that's that's when I mean when you can find people that do things like that then you know you're you're in the right place with those people because it's you know it's similar you know my past experiences brought me to where I am with all my background to do what I do and, and that's why I'm here um, helping people so when you ha- find people like that and you find people that have that drive of I've, I've got to figure it out I've got to figure it out those are the people you want to go to because they're constantly learning. They're constantly growing. They're constantly trying to figure out. Even if they don't know the answer, they're going to go find the answer, or they'll find someone that has the answer for you. You're you going to get it. there. You
1: nailed it. You <laughs> nailed it. I, the learning aspect is a continuous. You know, I'll be 102, and I'm going to be a goal. Oh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> like, what else can I learn? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and the body is so interesting. I
0: mean, no one knows everything about the body. Like even doctors don't know everything about the body. Like you're we're constantly like we're like what we know now compared to where we were like even 10 years ago, it's completely different. And so yes. you're just constantly trying to find answers. So I know one of your specialties is in women's health, and this is something that I know people know nothing about like it's just not a well-known thing doctors don't know a lot about it and it's something that you do so tell us more about that um and i know this like i said this is an area that's so underserved
1: well yes this is kind of a kind of a tricky place um and it's kind of mind-blowing that there's not more information not a deeper focus especially through that medical community it's like we give birth and then afterwards, it's like, hey, see you later. You're okay. done. And you're like, wait a second. So how that came to be a major passion of mine right now, that's what I focus on a lot, is because I have two kids. Um, I have a four-year-old boy, and then I have another one who is one. Just our one. Ooh. Let's just say we're busy. <laughs> Nobody sits ever. <laughs> so... When I had my son first, who's four, um, already had having great awareness of the body and knowing how to engage muscles, know how to move and you know load the body. Uh, it was mind-blowing to come out of that. I had a vaginal delivery. I didn't have any major complications. There was an internal tear that was just minor, fixable, but um, no serious prolapse, things like that. But coming out of that, And you're on that cycle of not sleeping and feeding the baby and all that is full delirium. But on top of that, your stomach, which you've never felt this before, feels like a waterbed. It's literally, if you touch it, there's no consistency. You feel no muscle. And for me, coming from background of movement, being a dancer, doing pole, doing aerial, I can touch my muscles, and I've, you know, I, I'm used to even physically feeling them, and this is me touching. It's like it's a giant waterbed. It <laughs> just like keeps moving. I'm like, holy crap. What do you do? Why didn't I walk out of the OBGYN's office having some sort of a six-week plan? But it's, that's not the case. No, not at all. That's not the case. So um, with intuition, some guidance, I thought, you know what, this is not enough. I'm going to start figuring out what's safe. Like, what can you do? Uh, I hope nobody's doing crunches in two weeks. (laughs) Even how you get out of bed is super, super important. Rolling to the side, using your arm to press instead of sitting straight up. Because you can definitely tear the... um, You can create more tearing in in the fascia and your rectus because it's already so strained and so thin, you know, and it's healing. So not just like the simple little factors that are happening so it's just mind-blowing and from that point on I started to research for more education I started taking different uh, popular kind of programs and seeking out uh, good programs to to uh, do and test myself on that specific to healing your diastasis recti kind of mm, majority of my focus was yes healing your your healing the core um It was great. It was great. What I found was some good information. But I never thought it was enough. Because the info that I found um, didn't combine it with functional movement. It was very internal. Kegels breathing, this and that. (laughs) But we're lifting kids. We are rotating during the day. We're squatting. Like there's gotta be a bigger piece of the puzzle. And thank God for Sarah Duvall. She created an amazing program, which I went through her courses to certify as a corrective, a postpartum corrective exercise specialist, and that's the certification that I have, and I work with postpartum women to help them come back from these pregnancies, and um, definitely a thorough education, and like you mentioned before, it's a lifetime of educating yourself, and in this. You don't stop. You don't stop because the bodies are so different. Cases are so different. So, I mean, but why Why would you want to stop anyways? <laughs> Let's just, yeah. You a know, side note. Um, it's very interesting. And the cases that I typically see, like the the postpartum women that come searching for me, they usually have um, issues with your, their rectus, uh, the rectus muscle. The separation in the rectus might be way too big. More than three fingers... Wide and the depth is pretty deep. Um, also, leaking, prolapse, mm-hmm. and a lot of it comes from just imbalances of the core, uh, inadequate uh, diaphragmatic breathing. It could be the pelvic floor can be overactive or it can be underactive. So there's a lot of things that play into what is happening. You know what may be causing the leaking or prolapse and etc. But Um, on top of that, what did I want to mention? Oh, it's not as easy. Just Kegels doesn't (laughs) solve the case. And if it was that, I don't think we'd be having this conversation (laughs) because pelvic floor is not meant to just isolate and work alone. Um, the diaphragm and the pelvic floor work together. For example, think about it as like a canister. You know, the diaphragm sits right underneath your ribcage, right on the bottom That's your pelvis. So they're kind of stacked on top of each other. So what happens with the diaphragm kind of also relates to the pelvic floor and vice versa. As we inhale, the diaphragm lowers, it contracts, it goes down, the pelvic floor relaxes, it opens. As we exhale, the pelvic floor lifts. And the diaphragm goes up. So they go hand in hand. They work together. Now imagine this. If you hold your belly button in all day, you create that cinch in the canister. So now you have, um, now you've created improper movement and improper um, kind of a function in that whole... Compensation almost. in in a whole region so I mean the pelvic floor can compensate you can all the pressure now doesn't travel the same you know properly like easily put so pelvic floor is just it's not an isolated thing Um, and when your pelvic floor works correctly it initiates the contraction, it initiates the abdominal contraction, then your rectus kicks in, your internal obliques kick in, then your TAs, your transverse abdominis, your deeper corollaries kick in, up to 70% of that max contraction, so that means you're lifting that pelvic floor and you're contracting your muscles really well, the last 30% is all core, so your rectus, your TAs, your internal obliques, but the, the point of that is, if your belly's relaxed, you cannot get a maximum pelvic floor contraction because they work hand in hand. Yeah. So that's why the body's so it's it's a difficult it's a difficult and intricate yeah. system to address. Um, and and then, so
0: often I was like just making comments, you know, in our healthcare system, we tend to just go right to the symptom. And so just kind of like what you're saying in the pelvic floors is, is very similar to what I say. You know, it, you may have, like, back pain, but is the pain really coming from the back? It could be coming from the thoracic above. It could be coming mm-hmm. from the hips, which is below. Um, like, you have to look at the whole big picture, and it's not just a cookie-cutter thing like this. It's not just doing kegels, which is yeah. a cookie-cutter thing. It's like really getting to someone that, that can get down to the root cause of what it is and start
1: building it back up again. Oh yes, Um, I mean even just you know speaking about the pelvic floor. I mean it's taking whole posture consideration, your diaphragm, how you're breathing. I mean your arches, (laughs) your glutes, your (laughs) hips. I mean it's a full stacking process, Um, and even that pelvic floor, your muscles consist is also the deep hip rotator muscles. So if you think about you hold if you hold your pelvic floor tight, you know. you can also cause issues in the hips you know so it it all goes hand in hand so there's a lot to figure out and if for example if I'm working with people and we just cannot get that full connection and we cannot get the muscles firing properly I always seek out my recommended pelvic floor PTs because those are my people that I sent clientele to and I say hey you do need that internal exam. We need to see if there's scar tissue in there. We need to see if um, there might need to be some internal releases. And a pelvic floor PT can definitely say, hey, this is the muscle I feel working. Um, And I I love, because I can work together with a pelvic floor PT and I can um, create a better program, you know, if they're having a difficulty figuring out what to engage, what to release. so. Those are my to-go-to people, of course, um, when needed. But it can be complicated even with prolapse. And prolapse is something that's super common. It's 50% of postpartum women. And there's kind of a a strange stigma about it, kind of more fear. But instead, I think with prolapse, there's an opportunity to learn and re-engage your body. Your body's meant to do it. Your body's meant to function well. Yes, we need to grow more with knowledge. Yes, we need to make these resources more available. I agree on that. But the point is, your body can function well. And you can do a lot of great healing with a good corrective exercise program. You can do great things for your pelvic health and including prolapse. Because you can minimize that. Unless now if you have grade 3, grade 4, you might need... um, Yeah, seek out a doctor. But again creating a good base internally is a big thing. And if you need a surgery later on, putting that surgery on top of it, that just gives you a better hold for your system. And then you know how to use those muscles as well. But um, unfortunately, with specific to prolapse um, surgeries, if 50% um, of the women have, sur- uh, have prolapse, 20 of those usually opt for surgery. And the surgery rate Is not great as far as the um, the risk is definitely greater there's a lot of problems that happen after surgery I think it's 58% specifically it's um, reported that women post-surgery will have issues bleeding or infection or the mesh going through their you know organs so that's a really high number to take a risk and go for surgery so I think um, for some of them it's a life changing and is definitely needed but I also think about it another way that try reconnect with your body use these tools that I'm giving or other professionals are giving you to now re-communicate and see how you're managing pressure how to tap into those muscles get them stronger lift those pelvic, lift the pelvic floor, support your organs, and have a good life, you know, again. (laughs) But I
0: think people just don't realize, like, how much our body can heal without having to do some of those things. Because it's really similar, um, you know, we don't do women's health, but even with other things, whether it's a knee issue, a neck issue, a shoulder Mm -hmm. issue, like, whatever it is, um, more than likely you can get resolution, full resolution, without having to have any surgery whatsoever. And this is the same thing. So, like, even though someone may have, you know, prolapse, but they, and you're having the surgery, are you taking care of the right problem? And if you're not taking care of the right problem, then no, it's not going to help. So now you've just had Mm -hmm. the surgery that's not taking care of the problem because you never looked at these other things that you're working Mm -hmm. on. And now on top of that, you have, you know, potentially more bleeding and like, you know, all the things that you're saying and and infection rates. And And your muscles are still not working. And and (laughs) it's just 10 times worse because now you've had the surgery. So it makes your muscles even worse on top of that. So you really, I mean, I, I always tell people our body has an amazing ability to heal if we get to the right people that can teach it how to move correctly. Um, and that can get to the source of the problem. And that's true for any part of our body uh, and true for this. So it's just really sad because I know um, that this is just something that, you know, you don't always hear from doctors about, like, what are the next steps? What, what, what is the plan? How do you do that? Yeah. Is, is there any, anything that you can even do? Like, it's not discussed in most doctor's offices. So that's why I love having stuff like this, having podcasts like this. So it gets information
1: out to people, and information is key. It's power. Well, and hopefully somewhere in the near future, maybe this could be a bigger goal for the healthcare system, putting a program that is in place. You know, postpartum program that's in place, and that is embedded into our healthcare system. What we pay for. So why? I mean, why would that not be? <laughs> you know, that's just kind of that's my thinking. If you, for example, you broke a knee, you get surgery. You're getting rehab. You know, you have to get rehab. But why? Are we not getting some sort of rehab um, after deliveries and after C-sections? And
0: because I think really, ultimately, it's just that education is not out there. So, like, I mean, even, even if you look at it from, like, doctors and education what physical therapy do, they just think, oh, you just take care of things after surgery. Oh, you just give them exercises. Like, that's all we do. Well, it's, it's not. Like, we can diagnose and figure things out probably better, you know, when you get to a good physical therapist, probably better than most doctors because that's our specialty. Our specialty is, is looking at the body and figuring out where the source is when you get to someone that's really good. And they just don't know. They have no clue. I mean when you go to back surgeons, I don't know how many times I've been to um orthopedic surgeons or neurosurgeons for backs and they're like or next, they're like, PT can't do anything. You just do exercise. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, we can and like in this country we do two hundred percent more back surgeries than in any other country. Um, but it's the education piece of it But it just takes people like you and other people like grassroots try- effect of just trying to get education information out there So that the people will start demanding it the people will start finding it and then and then change will start making We're gonna have to make changes in our health care because there's no way we can sustain what we're doing
1: Yeah, and I also want to bring more awareness um, in this type of information into the group fitness that I'm teaching because It should be out there just like how to perform a squat, how to perform a deadlift. There should be some pieces of how, what to do with your breathing, how to engage your pelvic floor or not, or release it. You know, some of these pieces definitely could be in a group setting. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. Just like, you know. Like anything else. Like anything (laughs) else. I mean, we won't be saying like, hey, I need you to imagine how to pick up a blueberry with your anus, but, but we can definitely dig into a lot of it. There's nothing like talking like that with my husband. He's like, I'm sorry, what? You need me to do who? I'm like, honey, you have a pelvic floor. He's like, Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, you you have one as well. Maybe a tiny bit different, but the muscles work the same. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, wow, thank you for that. Like,
0: well, that's just a small piece. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) Well, is there anything else that you want to share or say um, before we... Well, I think I just want to touch base that any uh, postpartum issues, if there is a deeper issue that you can see you're not healing well... Um, there's leaking, there's prolapse, uh, there's a major separation of the diastasis that's perhaps causing back pain or you're feeling a lot of back pain where you shouldn't. There is help. There is ways that you can do corrective exercises and that can help you heal the body. Um, now, and that's something that I, of course, you know, focus on and as well as you know, the dance portion, my bar program, is something that I do for fun and for folks that can take that type of level and love that type of movement. Um, but if anybody's struggling with pelvic floor, I don't want them to give up. So if you're listening, even with prolapse, definitely it is something that can be resolved. You have to believe in yourself and you have to make yourself a priority. And you have to think about really giving yourself your best life. Because Absolutely. Because when you shine everything everybody else around you shine absolutely oh well how can they
0: um you know someone that's having some of these issues how do they reach out to you
1: pretty old school you know (laughs) pick up the phone give me a call or you can email me (laughs) my email is very simple it's vlada fitness vlada is spelled v-l-a-d-a fitness at gmail.com That's awesome. And,
0: you know, we will put all that information also in the podcast um, down below, so you'll be able to read it and and reach out to her um, if you guys need her services. So thank you so much. This was so much fun. I actually even learned stuff as I'm doing this podcast, which is so great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Empower Your Life podcast. We hope you learned a lot and we hope you enjoyed listening to it just as much as we enjoyed making it. Down below in the description, you'll find a link to our back pain report and you'll also find the contact information for Velada. If you're in need of any help, please don't wait. There's tons of great people ready and willing to help you change your life to live as happy as possible. Have an amazing week.